Welcome to Sudbury Stories. Sudbury's full of amazing individuals that are doing some incredible things, making the city a better place. It's my goal to get the word out about good news stories local to Sudbury and highlight those individuals like Jim here that are having an impact and making Sudbury a better place. Correct response. What is my hometown, Sudbury, Ontario? Jim is the coordinator of the Outdoor Adventure Leadership Program at Laurentian University in Sudbury, Ontario. He has integrated several research projects into outdoor-based academic programming, including examining the relationship between caloric intake and energy expenditure in backcountry travel, and leadership status, congruency, and cohesion in outdoor expedition groups. Jim is a full-time master's lecturer in the School of Human Kinetics at Laurentian, teaching experiential leader, leading learning classes that incorporate group and leadership facilitation and team building expedition planning and outdoor activities. On a home front, Jim has been involved in the adventure tourism sector in northern eastern Ontario since 1999, when he co-founded a four-season backcountry guiding and outfitting business with his wife. Jim and Jenny tried to live in a tent for a year and a half as they developed a pristine piece of property in their ecotourism initiative business. They still have the property and call it camp. They have two loving boys, 12 and 15, enjoy short walks on the beach, but prefer solid rock camping on the shores of Lake Huron. Dabbles in woodworking and tinkering because he's a retired engineering. Well, fantastic. Happy to have you on the mic today. You make it sound so good. <laughs> it is good. You've been there since 1999. You've been like, that's like, uh, so 1999, was that when you started the business at first and foremost? Or is that? Uh, yeah. How much time do we have? We, got, we don't have a lot, lot of time. time. Lots of time. Oh, my whole, Jim's whole life story. <laughs> I, I'm an import from Burlington. Yeah. And uh, I met my wife down in, in Kingston when we were doing our our uh, undergraduate degree in, at Queen's. Uh, so engineering, I gra we both gravitated into the engineering field and then there's this aha moment. And I think Jenny was the more the, the harbinger of, of that. Um, she said, Jim, I'm going to uh, do a post-secondary diploma in ecotourism management. And I said- <laughs> From engineering. <laughs> From engineering, yeah. like 180. And um, so anyway, she, she ended up doing a, a one year post uh, Secondary. post-secondary diploma and um, and then the cards fell out uh, in front of us and I said I'm out of the engineering business I'm ingrained I, I love the tourism I love the, the outdoors so. did she do that at Laurentian or was that no it was in well? uh, Halliburton in Halliburton uh, yeah so yeah. it was the uh, I think it was the Lindsay campus of uh, Sir Sanford Fleming but it so it basically was your initiation to ecotourism and like the outdoor lifestyle that was it uh, yeah. in in more of a formal sense we Jenny and Jenny being from Sudbury yeah um, her her family was always kind of out, out in the outdoors and backcountry travels and yeah mine wasn't um, I think I was my first uh, initiation to the outdoors uh, was my dad just kind of said, Jim, let's uh, let's go for a canoe trip. We don't know what we're doing. And I think <laughs> I was in grade 10 or 11 or something at the time. And, yeah. And uh, he knew virtually nothing. Maybe he'd gone out hunting with his dad out in Alberta way back when, but that was about the extent of it. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, we just fought our way through this canoe trip and I remember slogging through mud waist deep and on a portage etc etc and smiling the whole way and so you were I at least you had a smile on your face yeah, I was just yeah. relishing the, the whole way, thing the way you were making it sound as you were priming before it was the worst experience of my life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it can be but I think you uh, when you get into that type 2 fun and type 2 fun is like you're just you're you're getting into the, the meat of it or a rigor of a backcountry trip trip yeah 
and putting yourself through this arduous thing. But at testing the end, limits. you're just like, I'm testing my limits and I'm enjoying it. So you call it type two type fun? Type two fun, yeah. I, I like don't know that. where that term came from, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what type one fun is. But <laughs> type one fun something normal. <laughs> yeah, maybe something normal. Type two, this is a beyond. Yeah, yeah. beyond normal for sure. Yeah. Step out of your comfort zone and, you know, kind of fake it till you make it and just enjoy it. <laughs> exactly. So my dad and I faked it till we made it. Yeah. Now I'm here. Well, fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, so like, clearly, and so you, you, Jenny had quite the, it was her that had the more involvement in the as a past kind of thing and yeah, then yeah. she was kind of the tipping point that got involved with it from an education standpoint and then yeah. you just kind of jumped in and I love the ability like in kind of how you commented on that being a retired engineer I just think in general engineers are tinkers and like it's just a good skill to have like university teaches you to think but then engineering teaches you to tinker and kind of always be curious and kind of you know like I think of the utmost example in my mind would be Elon Musk who's just always right. tinkering right yeah. and it's just his engineering background is kind of what made him what he is today he's more than a businessman, more than anything else, and you know, an innovator. He's an engineer, and at the at the heart heart of what he does is he tinkers. That's it. So <laughs> critical thinking, problem solving. Those are the those are the things that I took away from my engineering degree. Yeah, I couldn't reiterate what uh, I don't know Ohm's law is or whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah. in engineering and. But the ability to kind of work through problems is yeah. uh, is there. So yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. So so uh, and then when did when was it that you guys ended up making your way to Sudbury? Was it around nineteen ninety nine or was it yeah? And around ninety nine, uh, there was this sort of ebb and flow of of job opportunities. I think Jenny started with uh, um, Ontario Parks yeah. uh, with park management uh, for the I think it was the new a new provincial park. Oh gosh, it, it eludes me now. <laughs> Anyway, um, around Sudbury? up and around French River. Oh, French River. And okay. um, and then from there, uh, I I was conveniently laid off of my engineering job from Hamilton. Yeah. And uh, gravitated my way up to French River, Sudbury. Started in my backcountry uh, forays and started getting building up some certifications and uh, yeah and starting my own business. Uh, I was kind of the business operator at the time whereas she Jenny was, was the, the breadwinner she was earning money <laughs> with contract and and I was more of the uh, working the logistics just, behind what are we going to do what are we going to start and yeah then, you know when your contract's done we'll figure this out kind of figure thing it out yeah well, well that's the, the going back to the problem solving you always have to have that as a basis right so yeah. so that's fantastic so 1999 you guys start the business and like obviously I, I think the line on here that you lived in a camp for are you yeah, really, sorry you lived in a tent for a year and a half that's that that, that yeah. really resonated that just stuck out to me right like it takes a certain breed I think and not just yourself but your wife to be able to say day by day we're just gonna put the, put up with this while we kind of you know build yeah. something so well there's some little hidden stuff in there too uh Sure, we lived in a tent. It was a canvas tent. It had a door. Yeah. It it was you could stand up in it. It had a wooden floor. Yeah. Um, we did insulate it through the winter season. For sure. <laughs> we blocked off and cordoned off areas and hung blankets and then fired up the wood stove and yeah. and that was our sleeping quarters. But everything outside of that was we're look battling the elements. <laughs> uh, but it was really great uh, to experience that just because you what you're through the. Every day that you're sleeping in this place or, or integrated into this tent, you could hear what it was what the environment was doing outside from the birds, uh, wolves. the weather, yeah, yeah wolves, uh, <laughs> bears trekking through your, your place, raccoons tipping over garbage cans, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and you just got really got in sync with it. And it was an amazing, um, stressful yet not stressful time. 
it's it's the kind of like it sounds like you're the kind of couple that's always pushed yourself out of your comfort zone and that's just another example of pushing yourself out of a, a typical person's comfort zone and you know experiencing life in that type two fun the best way you can do uh, it yes, yeah <laughs> sort of relishing in the in the adventures of what's what's gonna be ahead of you yeah no fantastic fantastic so so right now you are like basically your full-time job is at the Laurentian University you're, you're teaching there in in the School of Human Kinetics but but tell us a little about your job like it's it I've read on your online and stuff like that it sounds like you're doing some pretty fun projects yeah, there's, um, so I came out, I don't have a master's or a PhD, Yeah. but I think it was more of the experiential base uh, that I brought uh, to the university and, and the program and uh, running my own business and, and spending that year and a half in a tent type of thing. <laughs> uh, I think Laurentian being a small and, and um, uh, passionate university on experiential learning um, and work-integrated learning, which are kind of the hot topics now, but that's uh, deviating. Um, so I came into the university with that experience and then being plunked into various roles in, in, uh, activity courses. So teaching things like hiking and paddling and winter camping, those are things that, that I brought, uh, they were established, but I brought in and, and sort of added value to the students, uh, in that sense. So you were kind of earmarked from, uh, from some of what you were able to teach. At yeah. The time. Yeah. So, um, and, and I'm still kind of pigeonholed in that because I don't have a, a great research portfolio, even though I'm, you know, you're mentioning that I'm doing these research projects, but I'm more integrating the, the opportunities for researchers to say, ah, we've got a group of people that we can do some studies in these austere environments. Yeah. And Jim and whoever else I'm working with at the time, we're, we really value that research because it's so novel, it's so cool. So when the, when the, you're talking research on like an out, big outdoor trip or something like that, what kind of research projects are being done if you're going up in uh, northern Ontario into lakes? Yeah, and... so uh, there for a number of years we actually did some, some assistance in researching bog samples. Bog samples. Yeah, so we got tagged on with a biologist um, and he would send us out with a, a whole host of, of equipment Test tubes. Simple test tubes, <laughs> uh, jars, and and turkey baster, and and all we'd have to do is get to a, a we weave our way down this northern river, we tuck into a, a what a place that this researcher wanted us to to go and sample and suck up with a yeah. turkey baster all this bog sample and chuck it into the jar, label it, time it, keep it cool throughout the entire trip. Yeah. While it's, you know, 28 degrees, but we have to keep these samples cool. Um, but anyway, we, we ended up doing that, and we actually got a, uh, I think, a protozoa named after our our research, yeah, re, our, your... our program, and Laurentian was a little Laurentidius uh, <laughs> ad, ad, Adventurous Leadership or something like that. There's this new bacteria protozoa that we got named after us. So that's, that's fantastic. That's pretty cool. So, so that's are... one little thing of it. So I think it's just we're facilitating that that research potential out there. You guys are the mediums to allow these research projects to be able to go on, right? We're going so, there, so why not? And we value research, so jump on board and so, so and we'll when, do it for you. Would like as part of the education process when you're going on a winter camping trip or like a, a paddle or a hike, how many people are going on these trips? Like how big is uh, the group size? Yeah, we really have to be conscious of the ratios because we're you don't want to tread on the the environment and and be a big huge group of elephants or, or bulls in a china shop yeah and destroy the environment so we're, we're environmentally uh, conscious there 
and also for safety aspects too, right. and for monitoring and, and uh, that sort of thing. So usually kind of in around the ratio of 12 students, one instructor. Yeah. Once we start tipping that scale of ratio, then we it bring on... Uh, different uh, challenges. And, yeah, it's, yeah. It becomes a bit of a beast if you, if you have... You can imagine 20 people and one instructor, no, no thanks. It's uh, it's pretty amazing the ability to, to try to do things like no trace camping and whatnot. And I remember like, and I, I was very introductory to it, but when I learned to try to no, no, uh, no trace camping, you'd set up your campfire, you'd actually fold your tarp over, you'd lay your rocks out as best as you can, and you can have a fire that actually you can get rid of the rocks after you can't oh tell there's a fire there. Yeah. Well, it <laughs> that depends on the landscape. Extreme. Yeah. <laughs> if you're in a really sensitive landscape, you want to watch that, or if it's a highly traveled area and you don't want to leave any of that residue. Yeah, I think there's some consciousness in the camping. Those are extreme. And environmentals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know there's leave no trace principles out there, um, and, and Sure, you try and follow them. Their principles, they can be malleable to whatever your group wants. But yeah. I think it's traveling with a, a good ethics, a good ethic, and having that in the background, just knowing what you're kind of going to be doing, right? So, yeah. so where, uh, like, in the last couple of years, where it's been some exciting trips that you guys have taken? Gosh, we've uh, in the last three or four or five years, uh, we've really come from northern. Canada, Ontario, Quebec, Manitoba paddling trips, yep. which are stellar in their own right. Oh yeah, like untouched, uh, untouched for sure. Yeah, pristine wilderness or even getting into places that, that people have trodden or, and are living, yep. uh, indigenous communities, and it's great to connect with those folks. Um, and, and it sort of sets things that um, you, you really realize how the struggle, how, the struggle living day to day. Um, yeah. Like going through Attawapiskat or what have you. and I was telling Jim that I went out to Attawapiskat on a trip and it was just like we'd pass. It wasn't Attawapiskat as much as the, the small towns that we'd hit on the river leading up to Attawapiskat that I was just like, wow, like how do they live here from yeah. day to day? How do they bring food in? How do they bring, like if you're talking ice roads, you're talking, you know, yeah. like there might be a northern store if you're lucky kind of thing, right? So yeah, yeah. very yeah. resilient uh, folks and uh, certainly don't have the supports that we we have down in more major centers and, and so we got to be conscious about that yeah um, so, so you guys were doing these trips and so those you... trips and then we gravitated one year it was uh was when Seb, sebastian no one of my Seb. co-conspirators in the program <laughs> yeah um seb um he he's he did some travels in mongolia mongolia and so he's planted the seed years ago we need to go mongolia jim mongolia and and so eventually we ended up going Back in uh, I think it was 2017. I can't remember. Like yeah. so many they, they uh, adventures ago. But anyway, we were over in Mongolia for about a month, and we we uh, teamed up to. Uh, it was kind of a dual fold thing. We worked with a group called um, Health Promotion Without Borders, and then we had our outdoor adventure leadership program uh, go in concert to Mongolia. We traveled over there with uh, a humanitarian type of relief project in mind. Yep. So we filled a container full of uh, donated medical goods, uh, syringes, uh, toothbrushes, eyewear, eyeglasses, uh, all clothing, this, all this the sort essentials, of stuff. Basically. Yeah. And uh, traveled over to Mongolia, waiting for this sea container to be shipped over. Um, Red Path had said sponsored to get it over there. Thank gosh, they did that because it cost <laughs> that would have been huge, huge dollars, big bucks, and a lot of logistics. Yeah, um, so we were waiting in Mongolia for this thing, but in the meantime, we went out and did a little bit of a mountaineering expedition in the western parts of Mongolia. Hiking or? It was mountain trekking, mountain trekking, and then mountaineering. Yeah, so we ended up uh, 
traveling, flying from Ulaanbaatar, the, the, the capital of Mongolia, thousands of kilometers out to the west, where Kazakhstan, China, and Russia converge wow. in Mongolia. And we trekked up uh, this mountain range called the Altai Mountain Range. It's about 4,000 meter peaks with a gla- couple of glaciers coming down. And, and uh, we ended up trekking a day's worth with camels and gear up to our, our base camp. Yeah. And then we went and did um, like some forays up into the advanced, ba- uh, advanced camp uh, where we could make the summit attempts. That's crazy. So I think we ended up doing about four four mountain that's, uh, attempts. That's nuts. And like all kind of circling back to this is what a Laurentian University program is that yeah. you were able to do, right? Yeah, so. and, and the, the university was really uh, really great at, uh, at helping support us. And uh, yeah, I think it's a really, since it's being a, a small, um, uh, proactive type university in that in that sense. Yeah, and I think yeah. like part of it, like, and I think Lakehead would be come to mind as well as Laurentian, mm-hmm. but like we're, we are in Northern Ontario. Like yeah. if you want to be involved and you want to do something in like in uh, in trekking or in outdoors or like Laurentian's a great space, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we have such a great campus with green spaces and love to utilize it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're running scenarios out there for wilderness first aid practice. Uh, we're we're able to uh, get people out hiking and biking and well, right now the ski trails are. Well, we were talking to Jim awesome. just off uh, off mic and he's just like, I I can literally go up my door and I'm on the on the trails, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's what we have to offer here, right? Absolutely. So yeah, we might not have the big snow, the big downhill hills or whatever, but there's yeah. so much outdoors here, right? Yeah, so if right. bringing it back, so like your what's your favorite activities to do in the winter? Is it cross country skiing? Is it fat biking? Like what are well, you up right to? now? Cross country skiing for sure. Yeah. Um, Snowshoeing when when the snow gets deeper, yeah, great. Um, and I'm helping Seb uh, out with uh, winter camping this year. Really? Because we've got some high numbers, but uh, and how big's high numbers like in the twenties? Well, and 30s we're in the twenties, yeah. So we're we're trying to massage that that experience so that we give all the students different techniques on how to how to camp in the winter. It's. It's crazy. I've only done it one time, and it was just my friend and I, and we yeah. I think we were 17 or 18 at the time. We were like, we could do this. And we yeah. went one night into yeah. Killarney, and it was just like, we just went for probably like like a, like all, under 2K. We went 2K into the bush or whatever, and there was a snowstorm that night, and I always, my mom would almost had the police on the phone, because really? I said, we're going to oh, call no. you by 10 a.m. Yeah. By 10 a.m., we're going to come back to the site, and we'll call you. Yeah. And at 10 a.m. the next morning, she was like, we're about to call the police. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, even for a bit of it, like we had to wake up extra early because we knew it was going to be a big snowstorm to kind of yeah. hike through and whatnot but it was it was crazy and like like i think you you had mentioned off mic where we're like it's the sounds of living in that tent and for us that night too you, you sit in there and like you hear all this wildlife around you especially yeah. it's darker earlier like there's so yeah. many just getting water like the, these challenges yeah. that come with winter camp everything's so. a struggle it takes twice as long <laughs> it's cold it's uncomfortable but yeah it's uh it's the type two fun gets you out yeah, of your comfort zone. Type two fun gives you a new life perspective. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so and like one of the reasons we wanted to have uh, we wanted to have Jim on the mic today is because uh, well the, uh, the the group he's with is is very involved with running the the Banff Mountain Film Festival and this is believe it or not the twenty second year in Sudbury. Which is just amazing. Like it's it's almost like a like a life sentence for a person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're trapped in it, Sudbury. We can't get out of the Banff Mountain Film Festival annual. You know, wait for the fiftieth anniversary of it. Exactly. That's like we're, the fiftieth anniversary is going to be here before we know it. <laughs> so twenty two years. Your involvement's been about ten years. You're about saying? that. Yeah. yeah. So a transition through a few folks uh, along the way, uh, and we're all implicated in the Outdoor Adventure Leadership Program. So at Laurentian. 
and the, and our program specifically, we we ended up our program ended up bringing it to Sudbury. So it was that program that yeah, was the one yeah, that was that there. was it was a big um, force to, to bring it to, to that, Sudbury. That's fantastic. And you actually said like like it's had some so lots of growing not growing pains but like lots of growth over the years. And and you said it started in someone's basement probably. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> in yeah, the initial and then it years. gravitated to more and more formal. Uh, you know, maybe like the cavern or something like that. <laughs> I can't remember the whole thing, but. Um, and then it went over to the Fraser Auditorium at Laurentian, and uh, uh, that's a, about a 600-seater uh, venue. That was the first my first uh, experience with yeah. it, and probably going back 15, maybe 18 years or something like mm-hmm. that. And it was just like, we went there. I was blown away. I think there's like eight films you get to watch, and probably yeah. ranging somewhere, maybe five minutes at the shortest yeah. to maybe 15 minutes at the longest or something yeah, like that. Yeah, usually they have a, like a bit of a showcase uh, film that, that they bring in this a little longer, so anywhere from 25. Sometimes they range up to 45 minutes. Yeah. But um, the short ones are really the more more impactful ones that tend to, I think, be crowd pleasers because they, they run you through this roller coaster of, of emotions and, and experiences that others are having on the film. Yeah. Yeah. And like it's like you're in the outdoors and you're, you know, whatever adventure this person's taking on while they're creating this film is, uh, you know, it's it's something worthy of putting on film, right? Yeah, so, you got to respect the people who are behind the, behind the camera. Um, they're going through the same stuff as that adventurer is. Yeah. But they have to manage batteries and, and cameras and, <laughs> and lighting electronic and sound, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> cranking out some amazing films. Wow, wow. Just just yeah. crazy. So so uh, so the, the growth has happened because of obviously the demand and because of just it becomes such a popular project. And when did you guys switch over? Because it's actually two days now. It's not yeah, just one night. Yeah, a few years ago we, uh, we ended up um, the, the Banff Film Festival has, has quite a technological um, uh, advancement or qualifications in order to run a venue. Yep. And uh, unfortunately, the Fraser didn't have uh, what we needed to, For to sound match and, sound, yeah. lighting, uh, AV yeah. stuff. And um, I'm no expert at that. But anyway, uh, All Nations Church, um, we had facility. a connection. Their new facility is really great. The seating's really comfy, and and it, we said uh, it's a little bit smaller than Fraser, yeah. but uh, can fit three fifty, really comfy, four hundred in a pinch. And then we said let's bring it to two nights, and Banff was happy with that. And it, it, it's a plug and play arena. It's, it's amazing. It's actually different films on the two nights, isn't it? Or is yeah, it the same? yeah, they're both unique uh, roundup of films on each night. Uh, there's no themes to either night, so. If you choose Friday it's over not, Saturday, not you're not going to lose. One, the yeah. hiking one. <laughs> no. uh, and Banff recommended that just because you're, you now you're starting to, to pigeonhole yourself. And, and so if you say, oh, yeah, come to the Friday one, it's all paddling. And then the, yeah. the Saturday one's all mountaineering or skiing. And it's, you're, you're you want to get a cross, a cross sample of everything that's out there. Yeah. And the films are... I think uh, out of the film fest, they run maybe two to three hundred films in Banff. Two to three hundred. Around, I think it's October every year. Is it like a full week or? It's a, a full weeks? week. Yeah. yeah, I went to it one time with my brother who lives in Calgary, and and uh, we went, and it was just it was it was numbing. My eyes came out of their square just from watching films. 
amazing. Yeah. But a little bit too much. <laughs> so we they drill it down to about 25 films that we choose from. And they take basically a big tour, right? They tour across the country? That's yeah, how it I works? I think they have, I don't know, 350 or something like that shows around the world. That's so amazing. Um, and we're, we're one of it. Yeah. So All thanks to the group, the the, uh, school, the, uh, the leadership group that you're part yeah, of there, right? Yeah, so definitely. So if you had to say kind of, you know like not only your role in the last 10 years but over the the last 22 years like what, what what is it that you're most proud of the fact that you've been able to bring this to Sudbury I think it's just about the the community connection the response from the community is is amazing so we bring it here as I guess one fold of the equation is is that it's a community-based event it's not an exclusionary thing uh, the films are amazing they're amazing to see amazing to watch and then you get this social aspect of of imagine over two nights, upwards Every. of 800 people coming in um, and, and milling around and, and just connecting in a really bleak kind of time in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> and in January, you know, and we're all sun deprived and, and, and we're looking for somewhere, some, something to spark us up. And I think that's it, the community edge uh, to get us engaged in it's very it's adventurous pur- pursuits. It's, it's purposeful <laughs> to be at the end of January. I didn't kind yeah. of put that together. Yeah, there, but for it, sure. It definitely works. It with wouldn't that. be as impactful if it came in in uh, March or May or something like that when people want to start going outside. Yeah. Um, this plants a lot of seeds, and then the second fold is that since our program runs it, we um, it's a fundraiser opportunity too. So perfect. Uh, we help to build some of that uh, ability for for getting our students shaving off some of the, the costs of, of running an, an exploratory trip. Those trips are huge, huge dollars, right? So yeah, like if they, they can, can if they can kind of help compensate that in any way, shape, or form, I'm sure that's going to gonna help out from a, from a student level. So that's that's yeah. part of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So buy your tickets now, folks. Buy your tickets. And we're actually going to program. We're going to do a little promotion through uh, through liking and sharing this video and, you know, look for the links for that. But, but that's fantastic. Um, and... Like I know you mentioned Mongolia in two thousand seventeen ish mm-hmm. or whatever, but like if I kind of had to, you, you're you're somebody that's probably done hundreds, if not maybe thousands of treks and and traveling. Like where what if if you look back in your entire history of travels, is there one trip that really is like wow, we did that? That was the most impressive. Maybe it was with your wife or your kids. Or... It's hard to it's hard to really. It's like picking a favorite child. Picking my favorite child. <laughs> yeah, they're they're two different experiences. So you know, you look at uh, family trips or family based trips, great shared experiences with with uh, my people, and um, I think it's just it's hard to nail down one of those. Yeah. But uh, from a program's perspective, definitely in northern Northern River, uh, one was called the Pontax. The Pontax. Pontax River. And it drains out into uh, on the eastern shores of uh, uh, James Bay. It comes out of Wiscaganish. Okay. Uh, an indigenous community up there, really welcoming community. And uh, this this Pontax River weaves its way down through a couple hundred kilometers worth of uh, lake water paddling, but then the rapids once they start, yeah, they're never ending. It's amazing. Like the kilometers, like kilometers kilometer, and miles, miles and miles of rapids around bends, and you have no idea what's coming around the bend. <laughs> it's like this. You're looking at. Imagine yourself at the top of a long staircase, that you that can't see the bottom. <laughs> you can't see the bottom, and you can't, and it's switchbacking on itself, 
and and it's like that. It's, yeah, it's akin to a staircase. Are you like, and from like just a like a logistic standpoint, are you trying to like scout that rapids before you go down, or there's no scouting? It just waits for me. It's, a, it's yeah. a boat scout, or it's a you pick your way down to a known place, and and you say all the boats we'll have to, to get to that place <laughs> at the end of this little short run. Yeah. So you spend five, ten minutes running that. Okay, count your boats. Okay, I got still got five. We've got it. <laughs> <laughs> people are still up, right? Yeah. As you're the actual person that's in, in charge yeah. of that, those people that but are then I, I, Since it's a leadership program, I kind of have to let the reins go and let some students make decisions. But yeah. then sometimes, like, I don't know, we're going to end up at the other side of the river not this one because this is waterfall over you know yeah. you know so i think it's those opportunities that i lend uh, i can lend a, a different vision to to some people's leadership i was i was telling jim on the mic actually like myself i i was involved with a leadership camping trip and it kind of pointed me in one direction where my life was going in a different direction so i definitely credit the outdoors and the ability to go on these trips and i haven't carried it on and i'm not as active with uh, traveling and trekking as i'd like to be but it's it, it that leadership perspective and what you can give these students and what I got as, as, as a, as a young teenager at the time, it's just amazing. And it can definitely, like I look at that as one of my biggest influences on where I am and today as a life, right? So the, the ability for you to give this experience to all these kids that are coming up is, is such an awesome thing. And it's, it's great to see that you're doing this in the community for sure. So, yeah. So I want to kind of bring it back. Oh, the, the one more question I want to ask is like, and I know it's, I kind of had you pick your favorite kid when it came to tripping, but like, is there a, is there a video you remember? From all the times at the film festival. Oh, the Banff Film Festival. There is one that actually resonates a little bit more with me, and I. It, it's a bit of a longer film. Yeah. But it was. Uh, it's called Mustang. Mustang. So Mustang. Mustang. So so Mustang. Mustang. <laughs> but I think it, they they pronounce it Mustang. Must, yeah. And it's a. It, it, I think it was a community in the far reaches of Nepal, kind of like that, um, long lost land or long lost culture. Yeah. And um, it was a, it was a, I think it was a walled city called Mustang. Yeah. And no one was allowed, foreigners could go to it, but you couldn't have cameras in that village. They just did not want any media or anything like that. This um, adventurer, now it's a bit of a controversial film because he someone a snuck a camera in and then ended up producing and taking footage and doing this documentary type film on Mustang. And uh, now I believe Mustang is kind of a hotbed for tourism. And so they've embraced it in a, in, in their own way, but it was a culture that was thousands, and thousands, thousands of, years. of years old, ancient. And, and someone thought, well, let's just take some photos of or videos of this place yeah, and then promote it. Without really that the permission, the permission from the community, so yeah. uh, that it's not like it's a you know very positive spin on it, but it was a really resounding thing in saying we've got to be really conscious of, of what, what we do and how we do it. Yeah, well, that's fantastic, and I could just picture the premises and like the idea that this like ancient civilization is functioning how they would have done thousand thousand years ago, and that's right. the idea of technology is foreign to them, and yeah. you know yeah. they've been able to kind of you know. You know, shelter themselves and live whatever life they wanted to live that whole That's time right. is, is amazing. So, but we are a global community now, and they probably have cell phones ingrained in their lifestyles now. You know, it's amazing how we how we do these how things, things change and whatnot, right? So, but yeah. perfect. And like this is a local podcast, so I want to bring it back to to, to as local as we can here. And and it's it's going to be interesting to hear some of your response because you're from Southern Ontario and then you're yeah. kind of a, a relocated <laughs> an import. A, an import and transplanted into Sudbury. But yeah. describe Sudbury in one sentence. 
Sudbury is a rough on the outside kind of looking community. Yeah. But once you, the analogy is, is going through a house, and I think you'd appreciate this. Once you pass that threshold, then Sudbury becomes quaint, pleasurable, um, and, and welcoming. Yeah. That's what Sudbury is. <laughs> rough on the outside. It's like a diamond in the rough. You got to You got to You got to you know? be welcomed in almost, and then when you're there, you can get the full experience. Then you're just like, okay, you feel like you got to cross that threshold. Though. <laughs> and knocking on the door isn't so hard. Yeah. Sometimes you got to go around the back door to do it. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. And what's your favorite part about being a professor and an adventure leader in Sudbury? I think it's just the the whole spectrum of interactions with with the students and researchers and colleagues and the ability to to work with the university to help us propel ourselves into put those two together then yeah students researchers educators and the university's facilitating that. yeah yeah and it's like again you're able to do this amazing outdoor lifestyle thing but then bring the education side of it to, and you know bring that to, to front and then you know benefit projects to the point where you can get something named after your program <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <some protozoa. laughs> yeah um what's been and like this is interesting because you've been involved uh like for many years but what's been the biggest change you've seen especially in the outdoor leadership education or since you since you since you were involved with it basically so going back to 1999 probably i think it's the student base um, reflecting on that a little bit more is, is um, I was, maybe I was a little, um, certainly was younger way back when I started at the university or in the, the outdoor field. It was, I was young and naive and now I've, I'm getting older. Hardened up with the edges. I'm, I'm hardened up. I've got old man resilience here, guys. And, um, and it, it just seeing that and how, how the students, maybe I gotta, I've got to put on that younger person's got to step in the, into their shoes and see it from their perspective. And I think that's the change is it's not necessarily anybody else has changed. I'm changing. Yeah. And, and that's I like, have to realize that. I think everybody that grows up and, you know, grows into their jobs and grows sure. into the roles in the community or whatever has to go through that process. So sure. it's pretty, uh, that, that's pretty that's uh, deep. That's man. deep of you to go there with it, but <laughs> fantastic. Um, and where do you see the film festival kind of evolving over the next 23 Ooh. or 22 years? Like it's Ooh, evolving for the 50th anniversary. What's going to, what's this film festival? I can see your like? podcast coming to Banff in, in a few years. <laughs> there we go. Um, I, I think it's more about, uh, it, continuing the, the connections within Sudbury community. And then I think it's about maybe extending the value of that two days. It's here for two days, but there's this blank space in between, um, in between the shows. Yeah. So one happens Friday evening, and the other happens far off on the next Saturday, on that following Saturday evening. Yeah. There's a blank spot in there, and I think that's the opportunity is to maybe host workshops or... Um, I don't know, a trade show or Q and A's, or, or, yeah, yeah. Q and A's, um, uh, or little maybe gala type events, and say we're going to show uh, a special film here, and then we're going to have a producer or the directors come or the adventurer come. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know with the like the film festival, the, the Cinefest film festival, they do. They have every yeah. film. They've got the Q and A after kind of yeah. thing, and so if you kind of break that down a little bit more and and kind of integrate it more, because like you said, probably the best the best reward of this has been the community vibe and it's building that community around the film festival, right? So if yeah. you can kind of, however you can leverage that would be pretty cool to see. And even strip away that two-dimensional screen and get real people 
this in, was in the audience or on on stage talking to us. Yeah, this is what it was like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is how I felt. I, I'm I still like, living. <laughs> I like how you commented that it's not just the the person that's doing the adventure; it's the cameraman behind the scenes, almost having yeah. like like that like this is the actual picture of how it's happening, right? So <laughs> yeah, have that absolutely. come to life, right? Yeah. Well, perfect. And we're gonna figure, uh, finish this off with some rapid fire questions, kind of around stuff. You've already kind of answered this a little bit, but favorite outdoor activity in general it doesn't just be winter. We're canoeing, hands canoeing, down, hands down. Where's your favorite? Uh, tri- uh, do you have a favorite track that you do around Sudbury or like where if you're putting a canoe around Sudbury where are you going French River oh under the city under the city canoe. under the city Jim and I were just talking <laughs> about this off mic a little bit so there's a whole inter uh, the, like the uh, Junction Creek Junction Creek you can yeah. kind of travel all the way under the city and then you can even you know stop halfway through and come up for a beer at the downhouse we were saying back, back downstairs it's been done yeah <laughs> that's fantastic I love that that and that's yeah, those yeah. little quirks about Sudbury for right sure, but sure. Uh, favorite Sudbury restaurant uh, Damascus Cafe, Syrian owned. Yeah. Amazing people. Fantastic. Is that downtown or where is that one? Um, can't remember the street, but um, it's sort of across from the shoppers. Um, yeah. Downtown, in the sort of the back end of the shoppers. Back behind the, just across the street. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, what's the theme song to your life? Uh, I was in the car today and I heard You Can Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac. There you go. <laughs> that's a good How one. That, yeah, <laughs> that's a good one for the outdoor adventure. Yeah, really. Um, uh, we kind of talked about your favorite trips you've done. Uh, and what's your favorite hiking uh, trail around Sudbury? Well, I'm part of the Rainbow. Rainbow, uh, Roots. Rainbow Roots Association, any one of those. Oh man, those Rainbow Roots are amazing. <laughs> and like the maps that they have, like the one that's, we, we uh, actually call it, a, my mom's past it, we call it Janice Walk kind of thing. It's over okay. by Arlington, mm-hmm. where Arlington and, uh, and um, Arlington and, um, I can't remember the, the side meet up kind of thing, but it's, yeah. you, you hike to this top, and like it's it's a five minute hike, and you see five lakes at the top of it. Like, there it's, you go. It's the coolest yeah. thing, and you're right in the middle of the city. Lots right? of great points of interest. You get to a high spot, and you're looking around. And... It's so great. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely our favorites for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you had Sudbury's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? Uh, I think Sudbury's doing great, and I, uh, I'm an import. But now I consider myself a Sudbarian because I lived, I think, most of my life in northeastern Ontario. You hit the threshold. If not Sudbury. Yeah, I've hit that threshold. So I'm not, I'm not that Southerner anymore. I'm, I'm adopting the accents. I'm adopting the culture. I'm, um, it's camp. I'm embracing it. <laughs> so uh, I thank Sudbury for doing that. And... Uh, yeah, that's that's my piece. Yeah, we're welcoming here. So. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thanks so much, Jim, for being on the mic today. Oh, thank you. Guys, listen, uh, share this with your friends, and hopefully you guys are liking and reviewing us as well. So excited that we can offer this to you guys. And check out Banff Film Festival. What's the dates where we're going to be at? 24th, 25th, 24th of January. 25th of January. Oh, and another opportunity is we've got Adam Schultz coming in. Okay. Uh, he's an adventurer. Yep. Who used to live in Sudbury, um, and he did an Arctic trek. Arctic Solo trek. Arctic Trek, and wow. he's coming to uh, the IMAX uh, theater uh, on January twenty second. January so as well, if you all time around the same yeah, time, he's doing a talk and he's got a new book published. So. Lots of outdoor adventure Lots and leadership of great stuff so. coming. Fantastic! Thanks again, Jim. Awesome! Thanks, David. Correct response: What is my hometown, Sudbury, Ontario? 